Amen. All the people said? Amen. Wow, fantastic. Thank you, praise team. God bless you. Glad that you're here today. Uh, welcome to Kavanaugh Church, your church for life. So, how's 2019 shaping up for you? Okay, man. It's a dud for a lot of you then, isn't it? Well, I hope you have a great year. I, I uh, read this guy's prayer for 2019. thought it was pretty good. He said, uh, Dear God, my prayer for 2019 is a fat bank account and a thin body. All right, are you with me? Fat bank account and a thin body. And he said, oh, by the way, dear Lord, please don't get those two mixed up like you did last year. Right. Well, some of you got it. All right. All right. Serious question for you this morning. Think about this. How would you like to be the kind of person that God uses in his kingdom in 2019? How would you like to be the kind of person that God really uses this year? How would you like to know the exhilaration of being the person that God uses to lead someone who is spiritually dead into spiritual life? How would you like to be the kind of person that brings encouragement to those who are discouraged or comfort to those who are despairing? How would you like to be the person that God uses to bring hope to the hopeless and help to the helpless? Would you like to be a person that God includes in his great work of bringing a miracle into the life of someone else? Now, maybe you think that is just way beyond what you would ever be able to do. And if you think that, I've got news for you, friend. You're dead wrong. Because God wants to use you, okay? God wants to use every single one of us in his kingdom's work in 2019. How do I know that? Well, because of this verse that's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. It's not the verse we're going to preach on. That's going to be 2 Timothy chapter 2. But here's what 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. So that verse tells me this morning, God is looking down on planet earth. His eyes are scanning every person on planet earth. He's looking for people who have a loyal heart to the Lord. He's looking for honored vessels. People who are willing to be used by God. People who love God. And guess what? When he finds those people, those are the ones he uses in his kingdom's work. That brings us to 2 Timothy chapter 2, which is our passage of scripture this morning. We're going to study talking about vessels of honor. Here it is, 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 20. But in a great house, all right? Literally, what he's referring to is, is the church, but he uses this analogy of a house. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, which we all have vessels like that in our house. It's the good china, okay? It's the good silver that we use on special occasions. So we all have these uh, vessels of gold and silver. He says, but not only that, there are also vessels of wood and clay, some for honor, the other for dishonor. 
So, so what's he talking about? Well, these honored vessels, that's the good stuff. That's the stuff you want to eat off of, all right? That's the clean stuff. The, the honors that are, are uh, the, the vessels that are of dishonor are those containers that, you know, you put trash in. And we all have trash cans that we fill up and then take out and the city comes and gets them. Or specifically, what Paul was referring to are probably clay jars that were used to, to contain human waste that would then be taken out and disposed of. Those are vessels of dishonor. You wouldn't want to eat out of those. All right? Okay? That's what he's talking about. You have vessels of honor that you would eat off of, vessels of dishonor that you wouldn't want to eat out of. Verse 21, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter... Now, here's the analogy. Here is a person who is unclean on the inside, just like that clay pot that was used to carry garbage out. If anyone cleanses himself of the latter, he will be, and here's our phrase, a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Now, let me tell you something. All of us at one time or another was a vessel of dishonor because all of us had sin in our life. But if we are willing to be sanctified and cleansed by God's grace, we can become a vessel of honor. And that ought to put a smile on your face because that's a great calling. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would get it this morning, that you would speak 2 Timothy 2, 20 and 21 into our heart that we would understand it, that we would apply it, and that we would become vessels of honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, so the analogy that I want you to see, the church is a family. We are the family of God. And just like in every large house, there are different kinds of utensils and dishes that are used. You know how it is around your house. There are some dishes and some items that are special. These are the things that you really want to eat off of. They're, they're special items. It, it might be, again, the good china, the good silverware. These are the things of, of honor. They're for special occasions. Then there are other things that are much less valuable. They're even disposable. Uh, it, it could be that, that old cup you got from a convenience store. And you don't care if you lose that or if it gets dirty. Sometimes I take those cups from a convenience store and I'll take them out to the garage <laughs> and, and use them for real work, you know, pour gasoline in them or something like that. Or it could be a trash can. And in every house, there is a combination of those things that are valuable and used for special purposes, like eating off of, and then those things that are less valuable and used for common purposes. And again, I want you to see the point that Paul has in writing this passage of Scripture. The point is this. God wants to use you as an extraordinary person to accomplish His work in our world. God desires for each of us to become vessels of honor. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a vessel of honor. And I hope there was a good response back. Likewise, you are as well. All right. You see, following Jesus Christ is not just a matter of being good and staying out of trouble. It's not just a matter of feeling good 
and trying to be happy. Following Jesus Christ is a matter of doing good, okay? And being a part of God's kingdom work in your life. Now, I, I want you to remember the in this passage of Scripture. The order of things is given to us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So that verse tells us the order of things. And it is this. We are not saved by our good works. Okay? You can't be saved by doing enough good works. Good works won't save you. That's not the order of things. The order of things is you're saved by faith through God's grace. But then when we are saved, good works follow. Right? You're not saved by good works. But when you are saved, you do good works. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 tells us this. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good what? Your good works, your good deeds, and they may glorify your Father which is in heaven. And right there in that verse, you have the main motivation in all of this wanting to be used by God. It is not to attract attention to yourself. You do these things to give glory to God and to point other people to Him. The fact is that most of what God does in this world, He does through people. He does through people just like you. Many of the miracles that God performs today, He uses His vessels of honor. Christians who love him. When God delivers grace to our lives, he will often do that through another person in the body of Christ. That's what Christian service is all about. Whenever God does the great work of saving a human soul, he will use one of you to lead that person to salvation. You see, God wants to use you. That's right, you. God wants to use every one of you. So the question becomes this. How can I be that kind of person that God uses? How can I be an honorable, noble person? The kind of person that is set aside by God for his special purposes. The kind of person that is useful to the master. The kind of person that God is looking for. How can I become a vessel of honor? Well, the Bible tells us. In fact, the Bible kind of gives us a profile of what this person looks like. And I've listed six things here that, that fits under the profile of a vessel of honor. So are you ready for them? How many are there? That way you can keep up with me. Really, I'm going to give you seven, but the first one is one that I... I dreamed about last night when I was asleep, and it's kind of the foundation for everything, so it, I'd already had my outline in, and so this is free. The first one is free. We're going to call the first one the baseline, okay? This is where it all begins. If I'm going to be a vessel of honor that God uses, number one, really, subpoint, not really number one, don't put one down, all right? Baseline, 
I've got to love the Lord my God with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's it. If you want to be used by God, you've got to love God more than anything or anyone else. He's got to be your number one. You must love him, as the Bible says, with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I love the Lord my God with everything. Okay? I love Jesus. And I, and I believe if you really love the Lord, you're going to tell the Lord you love him. Okay? Um, I told this to Ignite class Sunday night, and I told the people in first service, uh, the love of my life is right there on the front row, right here, this lady right here, Miss Angie. God led Angie and I together uh, back in 1982. We got married in 1983. And I can tell you, church, I love Miss Angie more today than I did in 1983. I find that really, how could, how could I? I don't know, but I just do, okay? I love her more than anyone else. I love her more than my kids, I love her more than my dogs, and I love her more than I love you. I love Angie. And so you know what? Every day I tell her I love her. Because you know what? When you love somebody, you like to tell them you love them. Okay? So throughout the day, I'll just, love you, babe. I'll send her, Dalton, I'll send her a text message. Love you, babe. I'll call her. Love you, hon. I just tell her all the time. In fact, I'm so in love with her that I sing to her love songs. No lie, I really do. I'm, and guys, I'm not trying to make you feel bad right here, but you know, I do. I compose these songs. I just think of them up and, and I sing them to her and, and I'm just thinking them up as I'm singing and oh, she loves them. You know, she just kind of melts right there. And then I sing her other songs that just mean the world to me like, you are so beautiful to me. And she, I'm saying, I don't know. It just kind of works. She loves it, you know, when, when I sing to her. Why? Because I love her. Okay? But you know what? I love God more than I love even Miss Angie. And if I love to tell Miss Angie I love her, I love to tell my God I love him. And so I've started doing that in my life. I, I might be driving down the road and I just stop and say, Lord, I love you. I'll say it out loud. I'm walking through Walmart and I just, Lord, I love you. And I sing hymn songs. I love you, Lord. And I make songs up to the Lord as well. Why? Because I love him. He, and you know what? Here's the deal. When you love somebody, it's not work when you serve them. Is it? If they ask you to take out the garbage you love, you just do it. Because you know what? You love them. And no matter what God asks me, I'm, I'm going to do it. Because I love him with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. So that's the baseline. Now we're at number one. The person who is a vessel of honor is a person who is saturated with the word of God. A little bit later on, Paul will instruct Timothy on this very matter. 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is God-breathed. And it's useful, he said, for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every what? For every good work. So God equips us for the ministry he has for us and the work he wants us to do through his word. This is kind of our instruction manual. We read it and then we know how to do the work of God. We saturate ourselves with it. So that, Stop right here. You know what a sponge is for, don't you? What's a sponge for? 
to absorb things, okay? So if you need some water picked up, you can put a sponge on it. It absorbs it. But then when you squeeze that sponge, what happens? It releases whatever is in it. Guys, let me tell you, the world is going to put its squeeze on you. What comes out of you? Well, I hope it's the Word of God. Why? Because you've saturated yourself in the Word of God. Now, let me show you how this works in ministry. You're, you're doing your daily devotion. And I just take it for granted we're all doing a daily devotion. One of the most important things you can do every single day as a Christian is read your Bible. And so I challenge you at the beginning of 2019 to get on some kind of systematic reading program. Whether you do it on your phone or whether you do it the old-fashioned way with the Bible itself, you need to be reading God's Word every day. And so you're having your daily devotion, you're reading along through there, and you come across this verse in the New Testament that says, God comforts us in all of our troubles. And you read that verse and you think, wow, God really does. Because you've had some trouble in your own life. You've, you've gone through a season of difficulty. And God is comforting you that very moment through your troubles. And you say, I get it. God does love me. God comforts me in my troubles. But then you read on and the rest of the verse says, so that we will be able to comfort others with the comfort that we have received from him. And the light comes on. And you think, there it is. And you go out that day and you begin to flesh out the Word of God. You have so saturated your life with God's Word that when the world squeezes you or you see someone else in need, you minister to them through the Word of God. And God has done that. So you comfort others with the comfort that you have received. What are you doing? You're living the Word of God. You've saturated your life with God's Word, and so when you're out in the world, that is what comes out of you. An honor of vessel, a vessel of honor, number one, is saturated with God's Word. Number two, they are committed to prayer. One thing that God has taught me through my life is that prayer is one of the great works that we get to participate in with God. We get to pray to Him. Prayer is the way we yield ourselves to God and God prepares us to do the work of the ministry. Yet, some of us struggle with prayer. You, you want to be honest? Have you ever struggled with prayer? Okay, I'm the only one. <laughs> I do, man. I struggle with prayer. And, and I think if you're honest, you would say it, 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 it could be a struggle for you to, to pray. I mean, really spend time praying and, and communicating with God, yet we know it's something we need to do. It kind of reminds me of, of Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, right before the cross. He was about to go through the greatest period of temptation in his life, and he's there with his disciples, and he asked them, guys, will you pray with me? And so Jesus starts praying, and, and then he looks over at his disciples, and what are they doing? <laughs> well, they fall asleep. And so Jesus said to them in Matthew's gospel, could you not pray with me for one hour? You know, I don't know what that does to you, but I tell you what, sometimes that, that is an indictment on my own life because I don't spend enough time in prayer. Now, I pray all the time. I pray every morning, pray every night, pray during the day. 
But you know what? I, I realized that in 2019, one of the things I need to do is find myself a closet. And I need to get in that closet and shut the door, and I really need to be praying. I need to be praying for my life, for my family, and I need to be praying for you as well. I need to be committed to prayer. Why? Because prayer is a big part of doing the work of God. Prayer is a big part of being one of those vessels of honor. Paul, writing from a Roman prison, told the church at Philippi, one of the great benefits that came to him was because of their intercessory prayer. Listen to Philippians 1.19. Paul says, I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. And so he's thanking them for their intercessory prayer. And church, I'm, I'm asking you to become a prayer warrior in 2019. If you really want to be used by God, you know what? It all starts with reading his word and praying for other people. Sure, pray for yourself. Yes, pray for your family. But become a prayer warrior for others. Intercede on the behalf of others. Well, preacher, who do I pray for? Did you know that we have a weekly prayer list here at Kavanaugh Church? Uh, if, if you don't get that through an email, talk to Devin. Uh, you can receive our weekly prayer list. You can begin interceding for those who need to be prayed for. There is a powerful connection between your praying and the help given to others by the Spirit of God. So if you really want to be a vessel of honor, number one, be saturated with the Word. Number two, be committed to prayer. Number three, be dominated by the Holy Spirit. When God uses us, he supplies us with supernatural power to do the work of the ministry. Power to do things that we could not do on our own. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power. After that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me really throughout the entire world. But think about that phrase, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, post-Pentecost, that happens when you get saved. When you admit that you're a sinner and you invite Jesus into your heart and you're born again, one of the key benefits is God's Spirit abides inside of you. God gives you the Holy Spirit. And so you have the fullness of the Spirit in your life. When you're saved, you get the Holy Spirit. All right? You with me? But the Bible also tells us in the New Testament that we need to be praying daily for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, that we are constantly filled with the Spirit. Why do we need that? Well, there is no way in the world you can do the ministry that God has called you to do and that you could be used by God in a powerful way in 2019 on your own. You try to do it by yourself, you're going to fail. You need His Spirit inside of you. And so you're led by the Spirit. You're filled with the Spirit of God. Number four, if you want to be a vessel of honor, you need to separate yourself from sin. In fact, in verse 21 of our text, it says, If a man cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, made holy, useful to the Master, and prepared to do any good work. What's the deal here? Well, God wants to use clean instruments. 
God wants to use clean people. Has this ever happened to you? You and your family go to a restaurant, you sit down, it's a nice place, really fancy, and you've got your silverware there, maybe it's rolled up into a, in, in a napkin, and, and it's lying there, and you order, you get your food, you unwrap the, the silverware, and there's a big chunk of something on your fork. That ever happened to you? Okay. It's nasty. It's left over from the previous user. All right. Now, 2%, maybe 1% of you would just flick that off. And <laughs> but most of us, 99% of us would call the waitress over and say, hey, could I please get another fork? Why? Because you don't want to use something that's nasty, right? You don't want to use something that is unclean. Well, it's the same way with God. God wants to use clean instruments. Why? Because he's a holy God. He's a righteous God. Now, I'm not saying that before God will use you, you must be sinlessly perfect. Because that is impossible. All of us are sinners by nature and by choice. Yes, we have been forgiven by the grace of Jesus Christ, but we still deal with temptation and we still deal with sin. We fall short of the glory of God. That's not what I'm saying here. What I'm saying is this. If you are living in a habitual sin that the Holy Spirit of God has convicted you of, but you are unwilling to confess it and forsake it, God's not going to use you. Don't expect to be used by God. If you are living in unconfessed sin, God can't use you because he is a holy and a perfect God. That's why Paul would go on to say to Timothy in the very next verse, verse 22, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Why? Well, this is the kind of person that God uses. The person that is saturated with the word, that is committed to prayer, that is led by the Holy Spirit, and that has separated themselves from sin. Number five, if you want to be a vessel of honor, you need to be coordinating yourself with the opportunities that God divinely puts in your place. I love the story of Philip. In Acts chapter 8, Philip was a deacon in the early church and a man that God could trust with big opportunities. So here we are, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Listen to this story. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go on the south road to the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians. He had been in Jerusalem worshiping God. So here's a cool story. God is up to something big. God is orchestrating this entire situation. He is taking Philip out of this uh, revival. God was using him to bring many people to Christ. God took Philip out of this great revival and put him out in the middle of a desert so that he could minister to one person. 
This Ethiopian eunuch who was traveling, he had been to Jerusalem to worship God. He knew about God, but he didn't know God. And so verse 30 says, Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading from Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked him. The man said, well, how can I unless someone explains it to me? And he invited Philip up into the chariot to sit with him. Again, here's a pretty good example of why it is important to be saturated with the word of God. Okay? Because Philip knew exactly where this guy was reading, the book of Isaiah. And he picked up at that very point, the Bible says, verse 35, Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him what? The good news about Jesus Christ. And as a result, this Ethiopian was saved. He accepted Christ. Philip spotted some water, a pool of water. He had the chariot to stop. He took the Ethiopian down into the water and he baptized him. And the Ethiopian went back to his home place and guess what? He was a witness for God. He started telling other people about Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing how God coordinates and brings people and situations into our life so that we can be a witness for him and minister to them? Uh, Angie and I have got story after story of how God has done that. Uh, one way he's done it is through our kids and through sports that they've been involved in and, and people that we've gotten to know that we would have met in no other way. And God brought those people into our life, divinely organized that so that we could be a light to those people. And, and here we are, we are just a, an ordinary vessel that is honored by God who's available. Okay? That's what it means. You show up. Every morning you pray, Lord, I've got my to-do list, and I know all these things are important, but your to-do list is more important. So I'm just telling you right now, your will be done. Your will be done. Lord, use me today for you. And then number six, last one, an honored vessel is equipped with special abilities. God called us to this life, and he has also equipped us to do the ministry that he has called us to do. Every one of us have special spiritual abilities that are a manifestation of the grace that God has poured into our lives. Again, our passage says some of these utensils are for honor. Verse 21, if a man cleanses himself from the latter, which is an instrument of dishonor, he will become a vessel for honor. Now, Obviously, from this context, these vessels had different shapes because they were used for different purposes. Ladies, ladies, raise your hand right here. Every one of you have special utensils in your kitchen for specific things that you do with them, right? I told first service there, there are two drawers uh, in our cabinets that... When I unload the dishwasher, I never know which drawer things go in because they're all strange utensils, okay? Angie has tried to explain to me the specific application that these particular things have, but I don't get it. And so inevitably, when I'm unloading the dishwasher, I'll put the wrong thing in the wrong drawer. And so what she has to do is come back and rearrange it. Thus, I ask myself, why am I unloading the thing in the first place? 
Come on, guys. Y'all are a little slow, but you're getting it. I just don't get it. I don't understand why you have to have that kind of knife to do that when this other knife looks just like that. But then again, I go out to my garage and I have very specific tools. And even though to, a, to someone, a flathead screwdriver may look like a Phillips screwdriver, but they have nothing in common. They're different. Different application for both things. God has called all of us to serve. And there are certain things that we are all to do in the kingdom of God. For example, we are to pray for one another. All of us are to do that. We are to show compassion to one another, encourage one another, help one another. All of us are called to witness the gospel to unsaved people. We all do those things, right? But then all of us have a different shape to us. God created us all different. Even though, you know, I might glance across here and say, well, all y'all look alike. Well, no, you don't. You're all made differently. God made you specifically the way you are to do something that only you can do. And so God shapes you with your interest, with your personality, with your background, with your education. And then God gives you something special. Remember I talked about when you got saved, you got the Holy Spirit? It's a gift God gives you. But when the Holy Spirit moves into your life, he also gives you a gift. You received a spiritual gift when you got saved. This is a, a special gift that God had desig has designated just for you. And the reason you're given this spiritual gift is so that you can serve others in the body of Christ. And the, the Bible is very specific about this. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good of all. Interpreted, that means, if you want to know if a person is saved, here's proof. They're using their gift. The gift God gives you is a manifestation of the grace that's been poured out in your life. And that gift is not for your own benefit. It's for the common good of the body of Christ. In fact, 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various form. So, bottom line is this. God wants to use you. And God has shaped you so that you can serve Him. And not every one of us is shaped the same way. We're not all called to do the same thing. And if you don't realize that, Christian ministry and service can be very discouraging and very frustrating. The key is to find out how God shaped you. To find out what spiritual gift you have and then fulfill that and that will bring you joy in your life. You say, well, wh where do I start with that? Well, number one, you need to really be praying about it. Number two, just step back and what are you passionate about? Really, I think that's the bottom line with spiritual gifts. God has given you that gift, but he's also given you a passion for whatever ministry that gift belongs to. And you need to figure that out, and you need to be doing that. 
We don't need more people doing more things. We don't need more people doing more things. Here's what we need. We need more people doing what God made them to do and gifted them to do and called them to do. And guess what? You don't have to do it in your own power. He's given you the strength through His Holy Spirit. So let me wrap all this up and and help you visualize what all this is about. Suppose that in the morning we could all be transported to a... uh, to a certain place in the heavens where we could look down on the river valley and we could see everything going on. Uh, God takes you to control center. And you can see all of the projects that God is working on. That is, all of the people out there who need a touch from God. And so you're looking down from God's control center. And the first person that you see is this this lady, this young lady. She's sitting in her bedroom and she is at... She is at her rope's end. She she is just completely frustrated with life. Everything has been gone awry in her life. And she is contemplating taking her own life. And you see that. You see her sitting down there. And you see her with tears flowing down her face. Knowing that she's thinking about taking her life this day. And then you look over here. And you see a man. He's in his house, in his kitchen. He's seated at at a table. And before him are all these bills. He's been unemployed for seven months. And the bills have piled up. And you see that he's sitting there trying to figure out, number one, how am I going to pay for these bills? And number two, how am I going to feed my kids? And then God allows you to look down here at Mercy Hospital. You're looking on the fourth floor in a particular room. And there is a family gathered around the bed of a loved one who's dying. And not only is there, there grief, there's, there's also anger and there's bitterness and there's uncertainty and there's all this turmoil in that room as someone is about to meet their maker, God. You see that. Oh yeah, you also see downtown in one of the buildings up in a really nice office, this young man, he's got a tailor-made suit on. Just from the looks of things, you'd think, man, this guy's got it made. He's got a picture on his desk of his wife and his family, and they're beautiful. And he's got a BMW sitting out there in the parking lot. And I mean, he has worked hard. He's gone through the education. He's met all the right people. He's shaken all the right hands. And now he is at the pinnacle as a young man fulfilling his dreams. He's got it all. But he's sitting there wondering, why in the world... If I have it all, am I so empty? And you get to see all this, man. You're just taking all of this in. Not only that, but others as well. Thousands of other people just like them. But suppose you could also see not only these projects that God has, but you also see God's vessels of honor. You see other believers who who have been strategically positioned all over our city by God. They're in that building that young man works in. They're in the neighborhood of that man behind the table. They're at the hospital already seeing other people. They're everywhere. They're all over the place. And you're thinking to yourself, man, this is cool. God is going to bring his honored vessels in contact with these people who are really needing it. And you see that some of the honored vessels really get it. They understand they are on God's agenda. 
They understand because they have been saturated with the word. They've been spending time in prayer. They're led by the spirit. They're staying away from sin. They woke up that morning and said, Lord, your will be done, not my will. And they understand what their gift is and they're using their gift. They get it. And you're excited. You're saying, go, man, go. But you also see God's got a big problem. Because some of them don't get it. Some of the people who were in church the day before, which is today, they don't get it. It doesn't compute in their mind. They're clueless. They're clueless. They're so wrapped up in their own to-do list that they don't realize God has a to-do list. I mean, these people are so consumed with their own problems, they're they're not consumed with other people's problems. These believers are so absorbed with what's going on in their life around them and the world that they don't understand God wants to use them in a mighty way. Do, Do you look at me? Do you realize that is the situation every day? That's what's going on in our world right now. There are so many hurting people out there who need to be helped. They need God in their life. Here's God up in heaven. He's looking down. The Bible says his eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole world. He's looking. He's looking for hearts that are yielded to him. He's looking... For honored vessels. So would you volunteer today? Say, Lord, I want to be used by you. 2019, I want to make this a priority. I want to be used by you. And you say, I'd like that, but let's take that out of the the equation. Because this passage tells us that if if you have become a dishonorable vessel, that can change today. If you mean business, you can come and ask God to cleanse you and his grace will sanctify you and make you an honored vessel usable by him. So heavenly